Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. We're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online for us, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed just as a way of saying thank you. We're starting our third teaching in this series called When Pigs Fly, and we're taking a look at some of the miracles that Jesus worked during his public ministry. We were exclusively in Luke's account for these miracles. Now, we started in Luke chapter 5 with Jesus healing a man who was paralyzed, but he does it not by, you know, touching him or even telling him that he was healed. He does it by forgiving him of his sins. It's the only instance in recorded scripture that we know of where Jesus heals somebody by forgiving them of their sins sin. And it really added a lot of credibility to his claim that he was God. Only God can heal, which is true, but only God can forgive sins. And to do both was just mind-blowing to folks who were present. Then last time, we looked at a really obscure story. It's not very well known. It's found in Luke chapter 7. And Jesus raises a widow's son back to life in the story. He sees the despair and his heart goes out to this widow. And Luke says he had compassion for her. He stops the procession, he raises her son back to life. And, you know, we talked about this miracle of hope and how Christ can bring hope to your life. And if you haven't watched or listened to that message, I want to encourage you, go back and do that first, then come back and finish this one, okay? So we've seen Jesus work a miracle of healing through forgiveness and perhaps the granddaddy of them all, the miracle of hope through resurrection. It's hard to top resurrection, right? But today I want to show you how he works a miracle by subduing creation itself. Now, I already know about you, but I don't like storms. <laughs> storms ruin plans. They cancel ball games. I'm just not a big fan of storms unless it snows. I do like, I do like snowstorms. Uh, I'm willing to bet most of you aren't really into them either, though, right? So, well, well, maybe some of you guys, a few of you guys perhaps like the storms because you're that kind of person who falls asleep to a thunderstorm. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's a great sound. I do admit that falling asleep to the sound of thunder and rain is pretty nice. I mean, that, that is pretty good. But not all storms we face are weather related. There's numerous storms you and I are going to face in our lives. All of us are going to go through storms. Uh, there, there's an old saying that if you're not in a storm, well, get ready because you're fixing to go through one soon, right? And we're constantly moving really from one challenge to the next that life throws at us. Our whole lives are that way. Some storms we face are situations we brought on ourselves, or at the very least, they're storms we can see coming our way that is unavoidable. Others are creations of individuals or situations hostile to us. And then there's the storms that, you know, enter our lives unexpectedly out of nowhere. They catch us by surprise. They rock us, and leave us angry, broken, and bitter, and, and really discouraged. And today I want you to know, man, that Jesus, man, He can calm any storm that you're facing. He's ready to paint a miracle of peace in your life. If you need peace today, if you need the storms you're facing to be still, then open your heart to hear about the miracle worker who can calm any storm and bring peace where evil wants to bring chaos. Luke chapter 8. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they started out. 
As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap, but soon a fierce storm came down on the lake and the boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. Look at verse 24. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. And suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. And then he asked them, where's your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus wants to bring the miracle of peace to your life today. Now, where Radiant Church is located, we have numerous large lakes, Hartwell, Kiwi, Jocassi, Jocassi is my favorite. Um, there, there are really three large man-made lakes, and uh, we're the closest to Lake Kiwi at the church. It's a few minutes drive from where we're at. And just to give you an idea, Kiwi has like an area of about 28 square miles. The Sea of Galilee, where Jesus crossed over in the story, has an area of about 64 square miles. So it's pretty, pretty big, pretty big lake. It sits about 680 feet below sea level, though. Notice that the wind went down in the story. That's because it's surrounded by steep hills. Think of a, a bowl shape and how the sides are steep. Any meteorologist will tell you that when you get cold air swooping down from the hills and counting warmer air over the water, boy, you're going to get ingredients for volatile storms, strong winds, raging waves, and they could pop up at a moment's notice and do some pretty big damage. If you've ever been caught in a storm out on the open water, man, you can relate to what Jesus' followers were encountering in the story. That's some scary stuff. As the storm rages and the boat begins to fill with water, the disciples panic. They really think this is over. Like, this is it. We're not going to make it. We're going down. And where's Jesus? <laughs> he's taking a nap. He's physically present, but mentally he's kind of checked out. It's really the perfect contrast. You know, as the storm rages, his followers, the same guys who earlier saw him raise a dead man to life, they're afraid they're going to die, all while Jesus is at peace, sleeping in the boat. You know, when we're encountering storms, uh, peace is the last thing on our minds. Like we're constantly thinking about how to get out of the storm. How are we going to deal with the tragedy? How do we handle the conflict? What do we do with this person or this relationship? And we feel overwhelmed, you know, and it can become too much for us to handle. And our boat begins to fill up quickly with water and we feel like we're sinking. We feel the strong force of the wind knocking us over. Anxiety is riding really high. We're tired. Tired, and really we're defeated. And all the while we'll say the right things. Like we'll say stuff like, well, I'm holding on, I'm trusting in God, you know, I'm not sure how I'm gonna get through it, but Jesus has got it, you know? Like we're gonna we say all the right stuff. But that's so that people get the sense we're handling what we're going through correctly from a spiritual point of view. But the truth is, we're really trusting in ourselves. And we've got Jesus and he's in the boat, but we're not sure he's really with us. You know, like after all, we're the ones having to deal with the wind and the waves and the ferocity of the storm. I think more of us would say that describes challenging times we face than we'd care to admit. Because the truth is, we do feel like God is absent often in the midst of tragedy. We do feel like he's not quite all there, like we're being left to figure this out on our own. And often that leads us to at the very least subtly question, does God even care? The disciples' anxiety and fear is pretty high in the story. They're overwhelmed. They wake Jesus up. Hey, we're drowning, they say. 
They've got him in the boat with them, but they've already forgotten how powerful he is. Earlier, they saw him raise a widow's son from the dead. We mentioned that, right? That's a pretty big miracle. And yet you would never know it the way that they deal with the storm in the story. It's like they forgot that Christ has the power to raise the dead. So if he has that power, you're probably going to be okay in the boat, right? Isn't it interesting how quickly we can forget the awesome power of God too? How many times have you seen God do something really extraordinary, almost you know, really improbable? The only way to describe it is that God performed the miracle. And yet as soon as a fierce storm hits us, what do we do? Survival mode, panic. We, we forget. We forget that he healed us. We forget the miracle that we're hit when a sudden unexpected tragedy happens. You lose your job, a loved one dies. You know, he provided for us in difficult times. We forget the miracle though, like when our marriage is on the rocks. We just forget. So what does Christ do in the midst of the panic? Well, he, he, he gets up. He calmly surveys the wind and the waves. He faces the storm and he says, stop. Like, that's it. Stop. And the storm's over, and the waves are still, and the wind is calm. And where there was once chaos, you know what's, what's present now is there's, there's peace. And the first question he asks his followers is what? Where is your faith? Can I ask you today, man, where is your faith? Where's your trust? Is the storm you're facing so great, so overwhelming, that it's replaced your faith with fear? Important question. Because our natural instinct when a storm hits is to be afraid. It's not to run to Christ. It's, it's rarely, if ever, to look at the storm with the attitude of, what an opportunity for God. What a great chance for a miracle. You know, we usually jump <laughs> to like the worst case scenario. Any of you guys like that? Like you go to the worst case scenario right off the bat. Typically the logic behind that is, well, that way I'll be prepared for anything. But what I find is that when you jump to the worst case scenario right away, you're not feeding your faith. You're feeding your fear. And the danger is that fear can paralyze your faith in God. It can cause you to distrust Him, to distrust everything uh, is under His control, and worse, to have an empty faith. Now, what's that? What's an empty faith? Well, an empty faith is stating outwardly you trust in God, but inwardly, in your heart, you don't really expect God to act. You're not expecting. You say, yeah, God's got this, but you don't really believe it. You're not living it. That's an empty faith, and it's a bad place to be. Way back in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, we have a story of Adam and Eve. It's pretty well known. Even among those of you who are watching and listening right now who may not be as well versed in the Bible or may not be Christians, you've probably heard Adam and Eve. They're told they can't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or they're going to die. So, of course, yeah, they do, right? And what happens next? Look at Genesis 3, verse number 8. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man, this is Adam, and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord called out to the man, where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Fear drove Adam and Eve to hide from God. They'd never done that before instead of running to him. What, what if they've been open and said, God, we sinned, we did the wrong thing, we have no excuse, can you please forgive us? How would the story have been different? Would they have been completely removed from the Garden of Eden? Like, we'll, we'll never know, because when they found themselves in a storm of their own making, they gave in to fear instead of faith. Hmm. When storms come your way, when chaos and destruction and darkness come, it can seem overwhelming, can it? 
It can seem like you're sinking. It can seem like, you know, God is distant and unaware of the danger that you're facing. But these storms, man, they're vital for our spiritual growth. This is really key here. Jesus doesn't promise he's going to keep us from storms. I want you to pay attention to this right now. This is really important. He didn't keep his followers from the storm. He knew they were going to sail right into it. He, he doesn't keep James from becoming the first martyr in the book of Acts. He, he doesn't keep Peter from the execution at the hands of Rome. He doesn't keep John from torture and torment and, and exile you know, on, the, on that prison island of Patmos. Like Jesus actually does the opposite. He promises that we're going to face all kinds of challenges. On the night that he's betrayed, the night before his death, he gives some final teachings and he's focused on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of those teachings, he says this, John 16, 33, I have told you all this so that you may have what? Peace in me. Here on earth, they're going to have many trials and sorrows. Notice that he's not promising them there won't be storms. He's not promising life gets easy when you become a Christian, that God answers every single prayer request like, like Santa Claus. He's not setting them up for smooth sailing. He's promising the opposite. He's saying it's going to be hard. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be storms. But, and I love this, but take heart because I've overcome the world. God doesn't keep us from storms. He promises that we will encounter plenty of them, but in the chaos and instability and volatility, He doesn't leave us alone. You may not feel Him. You may not feel His presence. We talked about this last week, but He's in that boat with you. What this story tells me, man, is this, that Jesus, if He's taking us into the storm, He is going to bring us through the storm as well. It's these storms that have the opportunity for incredible personal and spiritual growth occur. You know, we, we learn to depend more on God when storms come our way. We start to realize we can't get through the storms on our own. The more we try to get through on our own merit, the more water begins to fill up the boat. We can't control the wind. We can't stop the waves. There's so much in this life that you can't control. And the idea that we can control as much as we think we can people, jobs, situations, conflicts, that's all an illusion. There's very little within your power you can control on your own. And the more you try to take the reins and pull them tighter, the bigger mess you make. You can't get through storms on your own. It's actually impossible. But remember, God specializes in the impossible, doesn't he? He can get us through the storm. How? As we depend on God, he brings us through the storm and our faith increases. Our trust builds up. We learn the way to get through the storms that life throws our way is to depend on and trust solely in the Lord. It's important because each storm is different and often, man, they're more fierce than the previous ones that we encounter. But as our faith increases with each storm, so does our peace. The wind howls, the waves crash, the skies grow dark, but instead of fear, we operate in faith. Instead of anxiety, we live at peace. We can't control it. We can't change it. We can only trust God to take us through it. He's got it. Don't allow fear to replace your faith. Don't fall for the idea that simply following Christ will smooth out your life, that God will grant you endless prosperity and blessing and health and good vibes. He may do that. Man, I hope He does for you. But from what I see in Christ's own words, there's a certainty of challenges. You're going to face storms, and so will I. We're going to face difficulties. It won't be easy. There's a real struggle between good and evil, light and darkness in this world. 
Darkness has a way of throwing chaos, destruction, and fear around in our lives, doesn't it? So don't be surprised when the storms come. In fact, stay firmly rooted in your faith and expect storms to come barreling your way. Jesus may have been asleep in the boat, but he was in the boat, wasn't he? He's in the storm with you. And that means the power of God is with you. And if the power of God is with you, there's no need to fear. You're actually in the safest place you can possibly be, the hand and presence of God Almighty, right? And God's presence is greater than any storm that darkness will throw your way. Good always triumphs over evil. Light always shatters the darkness. God always emerges victorious. Never forget, as long as you're following Christ, you're on the winning side. You're on the side of peace. You're on the side of freedom. You're on the side of life. And some of you, man, today, like you, you really need God to work a miracle of peace in your life right now. You've been in storm after storm after storm. You are weary and tired. And you know that God's in control. You know Christ can take you through. But the truth is, you are just so overwhelmed right now. And you need peace in your life today, man. And you need it in just a, a, a really big way. Philippians 4 tells us not to worry. Don't be anxious. Don't fear. Don't fret. Don't doubt. Don't worry about anything. Instead, you know what you do? You pray about everything. You pray about your finances. You pray about your health, your family, your kids, your fears, your stress, the hopes you have, the dreams you have, the storms you're going through. And then you, you, you tell God what you need. And the peace of God, the peace that calms our fears, the peace that binds our wounds, the peace that heals our hearts, the peace that can calm the storm will be with you. Sometimes the best miracles are not the most extraordinary, visually stunning works. It's not the blind seeing or the hungry being fed or even the dead being raised. Sometimes it's the quiet, simple, unseen powerful miracle of peace in the midst of chaos. If you're going through a storm and you need peace, I want, to, I want the chance to pray for you. If you're experiencing chaos in your life, maybe nobody else knows about it, and you need peace, this teaching is for you. This moment is for you. Stop what you're doing for a few minutes. and let, Can we just seek God together? Come lay down your fears and your anxiety and your storm at the feet of the one who promises to give you rest and give you peace. We pray for you. Father, I love you. I thank you for every person watching and listening right now. Lord, my prayer is that if they are going through storms, challenges, difficulty, maybe they didn't see it coming, it sideswiped them, maybe they did see it coming, maybe it's poor decision-making, perhaps other people who are hostile towards them created the storms, I don't know. Bottom line is they're in one. And they're overwhelmed. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they've been trying too hard too long to get through it on their own. God, would you bring peace to their heart and their life here today? Anxiety builds up because of the medical reports. The doctors keep coming back with more and more things. But we need peace. But searching for the right job. We can't find it dead end after dead end. Man, we need, we need, we need peace have some marital issues, relational issues, parent, you know, parenting issues. We, we need peace. God, bring peace where there's chaos. 
Bring peace where there is instability and volatility. Bring peace in the midst of the storms we're facing. May we offer everything up to you. We can't control everything. We can only you know, control what we can't control, which is really our own life. <laughs> we, we can't control everything else that's happening. So we're going to make the one decision we can make. We're going to hand everything over to you. You're in control. Our life, God, is being placed in your hands. You're in the boat with us. You're in the storm with us. And I pray you would remind us that you've got it. You're going to take us through the storm. Each challenge we face will make us stronger. Each obstacle we encounter is going to help us grow. And God, through it all, we're going to have peace. We're not going to panic. We're not going to give in to fear. We're not going to give in to anxiety. We're not going to give in to the, 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 the different traps the enemy throws our way. We are going to have peace because we know that you're with us and you've got this. Thank you for giving peace to those who need it here today. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.